0: My name is Tina Andrew, and you're listening to Cultivating Indigenous Voices, a podcast spotlighting positive influences in and around Native communities. Skugtash! Good day, everyone. I'm in the studio with a special guest, Matthew Seraficio. Matt is a recent graduate from the Arizona State University, in which he received a bachelor's degree in acting. He is a member of the Thawna O'odham Nation from the community of Onagum, and he is here today with me to talk about his recent performance here in Tucson. The sold out show titled Shooting Columbus captured the indigenous journey through time and how we've been affected by colonization. Matt played a captivating role as a Thawna leader from the year 3401. But before we get further into the interview, I would like to have Matt tell us a little bit more of himself and his educational background.
1: Hi there. Um, First of all, I just want to say thank you for having me, Mm -hmm. and it's a pleasure being here. Well, again, like I said, my name is uh, Matthew Seraficio. I come from the community of Onigam in the Sepoite District. Tina said she just mentioned that I just recently graduated from Arizona State. It's been a wonderful time going there, It just having to meet New people who are non-native and who are interested in my my background, where I come from. And the same thing from them, although they're from the uh, local cities like around there, like Glendale, Mesa, Tempe. Although I'm not from there, it's still quite interesting to hear what their life was like growing up. Anyway, so, again, I graduated with a bachelor's in acting. I've always wanted to do acting ever since I can remember. I was far as a little kid. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I actually wanted to be a stuntman because oh, I was cool. a big fan of uh, Jackie Chan, you know, all <laughs> the tumbling, the fighting, the <laughs> yeah. explosion. That's what I originally wanted to do, you know, growing up. And, you know, going to school for it, my mind changed that, you know, maybe I should do acting rather than stunt double or even possibly both. Mm -hmm. But I started to figure that if I want to do stunt doubling, I must get the base of acting down first. Mm. So I know that how to react, how to fall, how to make things look uh, realistic. Yeah. But again, like I said, over time, you know, my mind just changed and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do acting. So this is where I am. You know, I continued it since my freshman year in high school. Just... Classes after classes, learning, learning, learning. Still, kind of like the only native in there. There was like maybe one or two that I met along the way, but mm. everybody else was either uh, MedSkin or white. Mm-hmm. And me being the only native, I did at sometimes kind of feel uncomfortable, and maybe I wasn't in the right spot. But mm-hmm. you know, I stuck with it, and here I am today. You know,
0: awesome, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So, this daring performance took place at the historic La Pelita Museum here mm-hmm. in Tucson. It was actually presented by Borderlands Theatre and was created by the group Fifth World Collective. It was a sold-out theatrical hit, and we really enjoyed it when me and my mom, we went out to go see it. The group also is consisted of Indigenous and non-Indigenous actors who did portray a very dramatic uh, representation that revealed a truthful reality of the past and present issues within Indian country. Some of those issues uh, included historical trauma that so many Native people endured during the boarding school era on into today's pressing issues like the proposed border wall. Uh, They visited the Four Corners area and spoke with Navajo and Hopi Natives to learn about the Peabody coal mine that has done major destruction to the land through strip mining. So tell me, Matt, I read online that preparation for the play shooting Columbus took at least three years. That included rehearsal and interviewing various tribal members from the Yaki, Yome, Ta'ana O'odham and Diné Navajo communities. So, how far along into the development of the production did you get involved?
1: Well, Yeah, actually, it did take about three years. But if I remember correctly, it did take a little bit longer than three years. But within that three years, uh, that's where, again, like you said, a lot of the process for the play was being done i didn't get involved until towards the end of the i guess production or the process it's funny it's a funny story people always ask me you know how, how did i land the role how did i get a part of this group um uh-huh. back in the fall of 2015 i took a class called devising theater uh-huh. and the professor the instructor was rachel Bowditch, who uh-huh. was also part of the play cool. she was telling me about this because i was the only native american in the class and <laughs> She was, uh, she was telling me about this, mm-hmm. you know, and I you know, was thinking, I was pretty amazed. Cool. Like, wow, like somebody who is non-Native is working with Natives to put on this type of production. You know, I was like, that's pretty amazing. I mean, I hope you have a great time and I hope that everything turns out well. That was the last thing I said to her after the semester ended. Yeah. And a year later, in the fall of 2016, I was sitting in the hallways waiting for a classroom meeting to start. I had like hours to kill, so I was just sitting in the hallway, just listening to music, just reading and all that. Mm-hmm. And she comes out of the hallway, come out, comes out of one of the rooms, and then she's like, Oh, hey, how's it going? I was <laughs> like, Oh, you know, same thing, you know, yeah. how's it going? Yeah, I'm doing well. And, you know, it's like, Wow, I haven't seen her for a whole year because as she, uh, she took some time off in writing a book. And she was like, Do you remember the group that I was telling? Telling you about that this production that I was talking about, you mm-hmm. know, putting on, I said, "Yeah." She's like, "Well, some of the the group is here rehearsing, you know. You, I want you to come meet them." I said, "Sure." Oh, cool. Yeah, so we went to one of the black box rooms in the at ASU campus, and I met them. Cool. Uh, the people I had met at the time was uh, Denise Ujera, uh-huh. Uh T. Loving, Ryan Pinto, Adam. Yeah, and I met everyone, they were nice Uh, They said, you want to come by and see our rehearsals for the next three days? I said, sure You know, it was towards the weekend So I joined, I was watching And then they were doing uh, group activities And they asked me to come, I said, sure So Mm -hmm. I got involved with their activities. And then towards the end of the day, Mm -hmm. they asked me, you know, do you want to be part of the group? I said, sure, sure. sure. (laughs) You know, I was like, you know, why not? You know, this Uh is the first time being in a production when I'm finished with school after school has been done. Uh So it wasn't until this past January when I started getting involved a bit more. Because, again, I was working on classes, Mm -hmm. you know, senior uh, projects. And so this past January, I had more time. So I was coming back and forth between Grande and Tucson to rehearse mm-hmm. creating dances uh running my lines, sometimes meeting with Adam to get some filming on the reservation oh, so great. it was a you know a quick process I felt kind of sometimes it kind of felt long, mm-hmm. but at the same time it was like it was a like kind of a good long knowing that you still get to meet and know my peers, my colleagues, the mm-hmm. other performers that I'm working with and so that's how I ended up getting part of this production.
0: I'm glad that you know you were at the right place at the right time. I know. Really, yes, I know. <laughs>
1: um,
0: <clears throat> so you mentioned about you and Ryan getting video footage. Um, oh no, it was Adam. Oh, Adam. Adam. Okay. So the footage that was displayed uh, on the video projection throughout the play—that was footage that you all actually went out and captured. Uh,
1: some of it was. Some of it. Okay. Some of it. Yes, Adam and Ryan were the ones who went in certain areas to get filming, mm-hmm. and and then some of areas like the the borderline that you see in in the production and on the screen on the big screen is that that's where i I took adam out there Mm -hmm. on the reservation to go film it i'll kind of admit i think i was a little bit worried because i was afraid that border patrol were going to come around and think that we were doing something illegal yeah but if that did come down to you know i was prepared to tell him that no we're doing a production this Mm -hmm. is my land You know, Mm -hmm. our land and, you know, we have a right to film Mm -hmm. if we want to. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so anyways, but that's where I took him though. And then we did all the filmings and I did a little bit of speaking of how this came to be, you know, that there's still all the people on the other side and that we're not abandoning them, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's just something that's worth mentioning and that, you know, they did add it in the play when... Mm the performance came up.
0: Yeah, I thought that that was really important. All the indigenous issues that we talk about when we're dealing with the impacts to us, to tribal people, and the impacts to the environment. I'm glad that that was portrayed very well. And, you know, the acting skills that you demonstrated in the play really did portray an impressive and a very professional level of commitment to your role. So could you further explain the role in which you did perform?
1: Yes. um, The character that I had portrayed was he was known as the premier. The premier is just like another fancy word for the the chief but in the future and you know it was funny before you know getting into costume I saw one of the like these bare tooth necklaces and I started laughing <laughs> (laughs) And, you know, Rachel and everybody else was like, what's so funny? And I said, (laughs) you know, I never expected to wear something like this again because the last time I wore this bare-tooth necklace and this kind of fancy, you know, traditional traditional, wearing was when I played Chief Sitting Bull in Annie Get Gun uh, in my senior (laughs) year in high school. I never thought it would be wearing something like wow. that again. And they were like, Oh, we can change it if you're embarrassed. I was like, No, no, no. I'm meaning I'm meaning it in a good way. Uh-huh. You know. You know, being somebody who is a leader to native people. Um, but anyway, so the premiere is again a chief waiting for this one dancer who time travels to the future to give him knowledge or a prophecy that you're this person and that You got to travel back in time to uh, complete this quest, which is basically, you know, assassinating Columbus. And so my character was just kind of like this cool, easygoing guy. Also, Mm -hmm. you know, with a lot of patience because he has heard of this story before where somebody had assassinated this Christopher Columbus, but they didn't know what year he would time travel to. Mm -hmm. So all the, you know, kind of like the backstory we were kind of thinking of was that, All the chiefs slash premieres that were before me were also waiting for this dancer to come. So, you know, if he didn't come, this premiere would tell the upcoming premiere that you must wait for this person. And, of course, as time went on, my character just happened to be in that spot where the dancer had come.
0: Yeah, the play was designed and organized to include audio recordings, movement, uh, video projection with very, very thought-provoking images. And it was almost like a lapse through time, just what you were talking about, from the beginning of Christopher Columbus's arrival in 1492. I remember at the beginning when me and my mom arrived, and we were just hanging out, waiting for things to start, and you Mm -hmm. were there, Matt.
1: Yeah, yeah, You were was. there,
0: and... <laughs>
1: I was hanging out in the front. Yeah, you were
0: hanging out in the front. You know, you had your security jacket on, and yes. I was like, oh, okay, cool. He's securing the place, you know? And they had allowed the audience to kind of take a tour or walk mm-hmm. through different rooms that had different things. There was uh, one that kind of displayed or reenacted the boarding school eras. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was two desks with two small children, and then there was was uh, a Meridagon, or a white woman, who was a teacher. So they were just kind of in their own little world, acting, being still. The children were sitting there just drawing. The woman, who was probably the teacher, was just standing there, kind of walking back and forth, kind of going, Mm -hmm. walking to their desk, looking at what they're drawing. Then she would go to the chalkboard, and she would just kind of write. Um, So it kind of displayed or took us back in time in that moment. But also in that same room, there were a bunch of TVs yeah, and different things on the TV that had different indigenous environmental issues. I I remember seeing the AIM movement from the 70s. -hmm. And then also uh, Auntie Beatrice (laughs) was on there too, (laughs) which is funny because they they just kind of display this whole uh, indigenous realm of whether it's the environment or Mm -hmm. just kind of how we're impacted in different ways throughout the years. And it's either us or it's our land do tend to get impacted. But as we went through, the the question that was posed throughout this performance did challenge the audience by asking, if settlers never arrived on this land... How would your life be different? And they had a piece of paper where you could write down your thoughts and then you could pin it up. So I did that. My response to that question was that me and my people, we be free of oppression, mm-hmm. that our Mother Earth would be healthy and be alive in, in many different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of my response to the question. Yeah. And then when we walked out, you know, the beginning performance happened away from the main stage, right? Yeah. It was just outdoors right outside uh,
1: the the patio area in front of the La Palita.
0: Okay, yeah. And and the beginning process was where somebody began to introduce and welcome the audience. Mm-hmm. And then you had uh, an actor coming out, yeah. and he was acting <laughs> drunk. You know, he was a like he was a native guy, and he was yeah, acting yeah. like he was drunk. He was coming out to the crowd. He was speaking in his own language, and he was kind of like getting upset. Yeah. And then here you come, just rushing out of the crowd, <laughs> and you you grab him. And you guys are wrestling, and that really was seemed super real. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I, yeah, the whole crowd just backed up, and people got scared because yeah. they really thought that it was just a drunk native guy. Trying to come in and and be upset But then you disappeared And the whole mood changed Mm -hmm. And he began to do his performance On the floor And then eventually it came to a point where You know, he not really talked about But the display of, of alcoholism in mm-hmm. um, Native people But that at that point When he stands up Then comes I guess some folks Who were in the boarding school era Yeah Kind of back in time Because their clothes were from that time Mm-hmm. And they come and they and
1: dress them up. Yeah, they yeah.
0: they dress them up in the boarding school uniforms that the l- the little boys used to wear back in those days. And then they take him away. And then the audience shifts and moves to the main staging area, just right outside on the side of the La Pelita uh, Museum. And then the show begins. And yes. I was just so blown away by all of that. I was like, wow, you know, this is so touching and provoking and. Just the images and how things were displayed and shared, it was just very deep, yeah. very, very, very deep,
1: yes, it was, you know, and that was our intention was to really get the people to see. The issues that had happened in the past, and that how some new issues are still happening mm-hmm. to native people. Mm-hmm. And seeing that, you know, it really opens up your eye, not just to non natives, but also autumn people, especially for the scene when Gertie, mm-hmm. who is playing the huli or the grandmother, and is teaching the song, one of the autumn songs of the kids. Family and friends that I had come to see the show said that they all started to uh tear up or cry at mm-hmm. that part mm-hmm. because you know the thing is is that not many elders these days are at home teaching their grandchildren traditional songs anymore most of them are put into a nursing home where they're kind of just isolated from the the outside world and you know we're still struggling not just us but other tribes in trying to teach the language and so mm-hmm. seeing that you know again it just really breaks your heart to see that, you know, that's something that we need to bring back. Having those who know the language, songs, stories to again, start teaching again. Mm -hmm. Start teaching the kids and so that they are aware of the creation of life through traditional stories mm-hmm. and and again like i said not just us but other other native tribes. and mm-hmm. you know what was so unique about this production was that again you had mentioned that yes we a lot of the people were we had people who were Yaki, uh hopi dene cherokee you know me being donna autumn we did a q a on one of the nights and one of the Audience members asked me about the issues that we're having on the Tonawanda mm-hmm. Reservation, mm-hmm. and uh, I, again, again, I told her what it was, what it was about, what we're what's the conflict at this point Mm -hmm. and I had mentioned that you know if there were other performers, actors a part of this production that were uh, different tribes you know we would love to hear some of the issues that they're having and somehow incorporate it into the whole play Mm -hmm. but you know we had what we had you know great people great audience great interviews to put this one wonderful play together
0: yeah I think that if anybody knows who Gertie Lopez is. Gertie Lopez she is the uh the leader of the band Gertie and the T O Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're a wired band, and they're very popular. They do play a lot here out out in Tucson, which is pretty awesome. But, yeah, she was the the hood in the the play, and her part was sharing the importance of language lost in tribal communities. And I'm going to play a clip right now that is actually from the play, and it's just going to be a few seconds, and the part where they are talking about language. So hope you enjoy it. At first, learning the sounds of the Tana Atom will be difficult, but you have the best teacher in the world. One of the scenes that really resonates with me is uh, the moment where the two children, they meet their grandmother in the past. Grandma, this is too hard. In order to remain, again, connected to ourselves, our culture, our people, language is so incredibly important, but sometimes... Because it is hard. That really prevents us from like taking that journey or from being willing to continue to engage.
1: There's one scene in the play where you where I play as a polluted body.
0: So that was just a, a part of the play. And Matt, you're right. It really strikes you, the part where she's singing the autumn song and the part where the boy says, this is too hard. And she tells him, you know, just to keep listening to her words and how she's singing it and just keep trying. Yeah. Yeah, it's really important. Language loss is definitely real and, and Native Communities and and for myself, I really feel it strongly to keep it going. You know, I I'm, I'm afraid because I know the reality. I know what it is. My you know, I'm an '80s baby. You know, I was born in '86, and most of my friends were all in our late 20s to early 30s. Yeah. And we all we feel like it's kind of that last generation to really truly know the language to grow up in a home where your grandma and grandpa, uncles, mom and dad are all speaking the language and it's all around you. Yeah. But here we are that next generation. None of us really speak the language. Most of us we can understand it like mm-hmm. when I hear yeah. it I understand it, but it's just I it's can't just hard to respond, respond. And when I have it. my kids and our my nieces and nephews around us, we're not speaking often, we're speaking English. And that's going to be their upbringing unfortunately, but you know I try my best to really incorporate mm-hmm. the, the native language but it's a scary thought when you, you see and you know that they're never going to get that true experience the way that we got it. Yeah. That very authentic experience and that's unfortunate unless we continue to push and we learn it ourselves. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So um, that was really powerful. You know, that that moment there, I think the whole thing was powerful. Yes. You know, especially when when on the video projection at a point there is the boats, the three big. uh, Oh, yeah. The the settlers. Yeah. The settlers are coming. And there's the year 1492. And this guy who plays Christopher Columbus comes out. He's standing up on the water fountain, and he's dressed up as Christopher Columbus, and he's (laughs) laughing, you know? (laughs) Uh, But it was like, yeah, it's like that moment where, you know, you feel like how it might have been back then for when his arrival came and the Mm -hmm. Native people are there standing, watching those boats come closer and closer to the shore. But it was just just really cool to -hmm. see that. So in the play, you know, you had that one part where you're talking to this young guy and you're talking about, you know, giving him a warning about the future, but you were also involved in, like, dance movement in the play.
1: Yeah. How was that part for you? Um, It was something that I'm still getting used to. I mean, I love it at this point. The class that I had mentioned talking about devising theater with Rachel, that class was all about learning to create your own pieces, whether it's a small dance, uh, performance, using abstract images or uh, movements music sounds and so having to do that again for Mm -hmm. a play you know it's like wow i I learned this in school and it's really (laughs) coming to life and i know that sometimes when you do abstract or this type of really weird i I guess to some people really weird dance that Mm -hmm. some people are just kind of like what the heck did i just watch (laughs) but you know it's like it's a metaphor there's Mm a a message in it or there's some type of meaning that you just need to see and so with the whole boarding school which is you know about the pain that they went through you know the suffering as you had noticed we were in the chairs the mm-hmm. whole time yeah. getting up and getting down and those chairs were showing uh like this sign of like that's the enemy you know it's sitting us down and it's teaching us to learn this other different culture that's mm-hmm. not native Mm-hmm. and so us trying to get out of it it keeps bringing us back in you know that's how it was in the old days you know if a student a uh, native student was speaking their language you know they get punished mm-hmm. and then they will always get brought back to their seat yeah. they get out of hand brought back to their seat oh, you know to learn okay. a new lesson so that's what it was about oh. and my uh friend uh Jules Grantham she was the one who did the solo dance performance you know mm-hmm. and that's what she was really going deep into trying to fight away from that chair that other this other culture okay. that's invading yeah. hers yeah. until in the end she finally does break away but due to tragic events you know there's people are going to feel broken some mm-hmm. some form of way mm-hmm. and so again with all these metaphor dances you know mm-hmm. it was another way of telling a story rather than all out uh, dialogue mm-hmm. or showing a video or just yeah. an audio
0: yeah, I think the the performing arts that that happened in the way that it was told was just done very beautifully mm-hmm. and professionally and passionately shared. You had mentioned earlier that you know when this this play came about, you were expecting more um, indigenous audience mm-hmm. rather than non-indigenous audience. Yeah, uh, but that at this point there were more in non-indigenous folks who came to see the play, and uh, this is just also worth mentioning, I think that during this time, they had uh, they were giving out, admission was free for indigenous people, so mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool for them to do, you know, yeah, very yeah. respectful in recognizing indigenous people. But yeah, so the audience wasn't what you really expected, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that that was good, or do you think that was bad, or what are your thoughts on that? I
1: kind of would like to say that as a good thing, mm-hmm. because having non-natives uh Medellin people or, or in other words anglo-saxon or white people mm-hmm. to come and see this production whether they were involved or knew anything about how indians or native americans grew up you know them seeing this production this play uh again it do, it did the same thing to them opened their eyes of mm-hmm. what we went through mm-hmm. and you know and it's not just us nowadays it's other countries war that's happening money being involved or money being an issue for not being able to help people like Mm -hmm. but of course for us obviously we didn't we didn't worry about money it was just the fact that being treated in a way that has affected us we're still being treated unfairly as some of us would say Mm -hmm. and having a white audience see this you know hopefully that it would kind of gain some support from them to Mm -hmm. to show other people who have not seen this play that, hey, this is what's going on mm-hmm. and they need our help, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. And it's not just us, but we can help them in ways too mm-hmm. possibly learning how to live back to the old traditional ways of maybe, who knows, possibly mm-hmm. gathering water or getting clean water. Mm-hmm. Not, 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 nothing that's contaminated or toxic that can make people sick and get cancer. And, you know, the more white people that are, see this. You know, the more we can have a wider audience, the more this message, this play can get spread out through the country. If mm-hmm. not even, if not here, you know, in Canada or Mexico or even across the seas, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I mean, that's how we used to spread, you know, messages along the day. Somebody would tell somebody and then run to another area and tell them. Mm-hmm. But there's just so many of us that we have social media. Mm-hmm. We have Twitter. We have Facebook, you know. Yeah having to see that, and then if they talk about it or post it, you know, again, that's another way of spreading this message out uh, across the country.
0: Yeah, and I think for for myself, you know, after we left the show, I really began to think about all the surrounding issues and the the time that it has taken for society to Mm -hmm. notice Indigenous people as people of today and not of the past. I think that plays a part in why I wanted to expand the podcast to KXEI. Yeah. Um, Now, this came before I saw the show. But, you know, all the, all the while, I, I really just wanted to, to come here to shed a more positive light on the indigenous population and all the great, inspiring things that we are involved in here in the city of Chukshan and throughout the states. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing some awesome, some really great things. It's not all negative. It's, we're not just stuck on the reservation. Yeah. It's nothing like that at all. We're pursuing careers. We're pursuing our goals. We're making things happen. We're keeping our culture and traditions Alive as much as we can, and we're keeping ceremonial things alive, traditional dance alive, and and through music as well. You know, mm-hmm. so we it's there's a lot of great positive things happening within the Native population on a local level, um, especially here in Tucson, and I and I think that's a really awesome thing to highlight. So with all this, uh, were there any challenges in bringing the script to life?
1: That's kind of hard to say. I mean. Because again, like I just came towards the end of the production, but at least for for my part, and maybe just a little uh, of trying to figure out you know what is it like to be a chief or a leader mm-hmm. of a tribe you know, cause I'm still a kid, I mean, I'm still young, yeah, other people who are older than us can say you're just still uh, you're still a kid, mm. but uh, you know, of course <laughs> to the loss we're we're adults, but yeah. you know, other people it's like, no you're still a kid, yeah. you still have a long life to live, <laughs> but you know, having to try to get in that mode of what is it like. Being a leader of your Tribe you know I'm certainly not a chief at this point You know Mm -hmm. so it's like trying to gather As much as I can Mm -hmm. What is it like how do I How am I running how am I treating my people Like Mm -hmm. there's that sense of feeling of how to present yourself, how you represent your people. And so having to do the research, again, that's mm-hmm. when I came up I had mentioned my character being kind of patient, you know, just kind of mellow, just patiently waiting for the stanza to come. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't noticed, as you know, of course, my back was turned when I was doing my scene, mm-hmm. I was actually kind of taking care of the mesquite tree that was there. Oh, yeah. And I was actually getting rid of the uh, wild mistletoe that can uh-huh. invade and a uh, parasite that can kill this tree. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like this down to earth person, you mm-hmm. know, taking care of not just my life and my people, but other all lives of mm-hmm. other creations, especially the plants. Mm-hmm. And okay. yes, yeah, so I think that was that was the really uh, tough challenge for me, which is, mm-hmm. again, trying to figure out how can I be a leader? OK, cool. Awesome.
0: All right. So um, as we get to the end of the interview, so why don't you let us know what is your next step oh. after shooting Columbus? And <laughs> are you working or involved in any other projects? Like where are you going from this point on?
1: You know, um, there's a lot of things that I want to do uh, at this point. I am writing a script for a play that I want to put on.
0: Cool.
1: Yeah. I'm still, you know, like any writer, still have a little brain farts or just Mm -hmm. kind of some (laughs) stuck problems. But, you know, it's going really well. You know, I've gotten some great dialogue down, uh, great characters. And the story that I'm writing about, you know, I'm trying to arch it in this form of way where it tells a story and that people can understand and enjoy Mm -hmm. it. And another thing that I'm looking into is that I have been told to get a hold of a lady who runs the Paramount Theater in downtown Casagrande. Oh, wow. yeah she was she has been uh a part of the theater world for decades you know wow. she, as far as I know she's a wonderful lady mm-hmm. uh I'm trying to get in contact with her and you know she runs all these productions these plays so uh as soon as I get a hold of her, you know we can go from there what she has to offer and you know mm-hmm. what I can do to contribute and to help you yeah. know perform. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I'm working on is just a side thing is uh, I'm a painter. So I've been painting Mm. at this moment and I do plan to sell my paintings eventually, but I just don't know when. I'm trying to make my collection huge so that when I do open like a small type of gallery that people can have, people can see all kinds of Uh great great images that I'm doing. But yeah, at this point, the majority of my focus is writing the script because I want to start writing, telling stories of that I've come up or that I've heard mm-hmm. and, you know, start performing them here in Tucson. I mean, I'm starting to love Tucson a bit more. Cool. But not just here. I mean, here maybe in California or across the state, anywhere across the state, across the country. But most importantly, I would like to perform them in tribal communities, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. to show... A native person is actually not, although I'm not a member of other tribes, mm-hmm. but still seeing a tribal member, like a Native American, mm-hmm. doing something that most people wouldn't do, you know, that would inspire them to hope to do something with their lives. Mm-hmm. So, again, like I said, you know, I'm writing and hopefully to go and have this play produced and cool. performed so that, again, get my word out, mm-hmm. you know, get my work out and credit and all that so it's yeah. going well at this point
0: that's cool well if you ever need somebody to read your script you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that I think sure, it's pretty, pretty cool to do that Yes. um but, yeah, so I wish you many blessings on your journey. You. I think this is a unique journey for any native person, uh, especially for autumn representation out yes. there. I think it's pretty cool, and I think there are a lot of opportunities out there for you to do your work, and mm-hmm. you know when you're talking, I'm thinking a lot of these, you know, so the the local national parks or national park, they have these positions, they're called arts and residency positions where you can come in for maybe stay for a week and you can show people how to do some specific type of art project or oh, something okay. like that and and it's pretty cool you get paid to do I think you get paid I'm not really sure but <laughs> and then you know I'm also thinking of the Binational Arts in Residency the last one that was here she did a tour along the, the border and she also did a tour on the nation and she was just the same way she did a lot of one woman show uh, performance a little play that she put together herself telling her story of border and impacts to her her family. So I'm thinking of those things, you know, yeah, to yeah. keep those uh, opportunities in mind because they are out there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but- and, and,
1: and, you know, real quick, I forgot to mention that, you know, inspiring others. Uh, one of the nights when the Baba Kibri High School came out mm-hmm. to see the show, cool. they really enjoyed it. After the play was done, you know, I went and I started putting all my props away and everything uh-huh. like that. And one, some of the girls kind of jumped in front of me like saying, <laughs> hey, can we take a picture with you? Because like, sure, sure. <laughs> and still... <laughs> you know, having that obviously uh-huh. is a a moment that they do not want to forget. Yes. And seeing an autumn like them perform or do something that you normally wouldn't see, you know, again, going back to helping to mm-hmm. inspire them and, you know, do something with their life, whether mm-hmm. it's also theater or film or being a writer or Whatever it is they want to choose, Mm -hmm. you know that you that if I can do it, they can do it, and so that was a great memorable moment for me as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean that was just a start. If they were just, I think there was like five of them, but hell, even those, just those five kids, those teenagers, Mm -hmm. who are willing to take a picture with me, you know, that says a lot right there. Mm -hmm. Meaning that I'm doing something great, and Mm -hmm. I'm on the path of doing something wonderful
0: mm-hmm. yeah i was really excited that amy wan was able to take some students out there yes. to sh- see the show and i'm really glad that they they did you know they they need to to see more things like that more arts like that you know the creativity that's behind all of this the yes. passion that's behind all of this it, it and what it can do to really pull in people emotionally That's a strong thing, and that's a strong skill to have, Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. It definitely spreaded a lot of inspiration, I think, to all audiences, all everybody that went out there, um, especially to my mom. You know, she was really happy to see that, you know, she told you that she was proud of you, you know. It was just really awesome to see the outcome of all of it.
1: Hearing older people, parents, or adults that are older than me telling Mm -hmm. that they're proud of me, you know, that says a lot, and it does mean a lot to me, Mm -hmm.
0: so. Well, We're pretty much at the end of the interview now. All right. If if you have anything that you want to say to the audience out there listening, you Mm -hmm. have any shout-outs, anything you want to add at the end of this, here's your time to do that.
1: Well, I just want to say to, I want to give a shout-out to Borderlands Theatre and Fifth World Collective for giving me a great opportunity to start my career in acting. I also want to give a shout-out to everyone that I have worked with, you know, Rachel, Adam, T, Ryan, Jules, uh, Gertie, Brett, and everybody else, Letty. Oh, it was such a wonderful time, and I hope to uh, work with you guys again. And for you young folks out there, mm-hmm. if you see an opportunity, go for it. Because it may seem cliche, you know, just for someone to say, "Go for it, go for it." But it's really not. They're they're really trying to tell you to something. If you really do love something, you love doing, then do it. Because there may not be an opportunity to pursue what you want to do. So again, do what you want to do. Have fun and enjoy your life. Live your life and do what you love while doing it. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I'm doing right now. Yes, Have definitely. Have fun.
0: Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. And I look forward to having you all tune in on the next show. And I hope that you enjoyed this podcast.
1: All right. Who our people
0: are. This will always be our land. And by that, I mean not just all and Yaqui We share it with all Mexicans, other indigenous people and other cultures too. No one can take away the knowledge of our people.